Hey everyone, and welcome to the All Elite Zone podcast on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, we're here with our, uh, we're going to do a Rampage reaction after this, but we're here for it with uh, AEW and ROH star Matt Taven. Uh, one of the best wrestlers in the, in the entire world. Uh, I always compare him to AJ Styles a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a very great to have you on. Uh, I'm, at, I'm at Taven, and I know it's, uh, it's pretty like hectic. Uh, you're going to, 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 to WrestleCade and all that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here in the airport right now. Uh, as you can see behind me, this is my my lovely digs at the moment. But thank you, thank you for the kind words. It's great to be here. Great. Uh, so I guess I'll go first, and then uh, Lane, then Jacob, uh, and. Uh, All right, so my first question is, uh, you know, you and Mike Bennett and Maria, you are the kingdom. Uh, yeah. You came to AEW, you came to Impact, you came, you've been everywhere, uh, but now you're in AEW. Uh, well, first I want to say, like, how did the kingdom come together? Like, uh, like from the very beginning, you know, it was, uh, you, Matt, you, Mike Bennett, Maria, and Adam Cole. Uh, so how did that come together? Well, the kingdom first came together because it was something that was real. You know, it was something that was happening behind the scenes. Uh, me and Cole were very good friends. Uh, me and Mike had known each other since we started. And we kind of came up in the New England area together. And uh, we were all in Ring of Honor together. And it was kind of a time where I needed something fresh. I needed something new. And Mike and Cole and Maria had already kind of started making this thing. And then it was uh, really a no brainer just because we're already traveling together as it was that uh, I should, we should join up because what was going on behind the camera was very easy to show on screen. And I think everything that came across as real with the kingdom was because it was. And I think it was something that I tried to do with the second incarnation with the kingdom as well was surround myself with people that I was close to that I knew that I'd came up with. And I, I feel like both in, you know, both versions of the kingdom really kind of encapsulate that, that feeling of, of a bunch of guys that not only had, had been through it together, had gone through a lot of stuff, but were, were cheerleaders for one another. We're trying to help one another and, and we're uh, on a mission to make each other better. like that. Um, so I have a question for you. So I was at the pay-per-view um, back here in Dallas when you guys uh, officially formed Honor No More. Um, so I want to know, like, what's a little insight on that? Like, how did that all come to be? Because I remember my fiance, she was smacking me upside the head with how much I was freaking out as you guys were running by me. So how did Honor <laughs> No More kind of come to be? Well, it's, it's very similar to the kingdom. I mean, Eddie Edwards was someone who came up a little bit ahead of, of me and Mike in the New England area, but someone that we always looked up to, someone that always helped us out. And that whole crew were guys that were very close to each other in Ring of Honor. You know, myself, Vincent, Mike, Maria, all Kingdom members. Kenny King is a longtime friend of mine. And PCO kind of our wild card, our, our muscle of the group. And uh, But it was, it was a no-brainer that when we are coming into to Impact, to pair up with, with a guy that had done so much for me, not just in Ring of Honor, but in the Indies as well. And I uh, had always looked out for me and, and, you know, a little 
behind the scenes is that Eddie Edwards was one of the first pers- people to reach out to me after the whole Ring of Honor thing happened when the company was first being sold uh, last year about this time. And it was a guy that, you know, reached out to all of us and, and kind of got the, got the ball movement on the Honor No More deal. And then once it was time to go, it, it happened very quick. It, it, uh, I think Wednesday of that week, I wasn't even supposed to be in Dallas. And next thing you know, I'm on a flight and we're running out on pay-per-view and, and here we go. Here's the next year of, of my career. But um, it, it all really started the same way the kingdom started, something that was very real that people knew would come across on screen as real. And uh, we just brought it from behind the scenes to, to in front of the camera. Yeah, I could definitely tell. It, it was, it was one of those like fun factions this year. Like I thought it was one of my favorite moments of wrestling this year. So thank you thank for you. answering that question for me. Cause I was super stoked to have it. No, thank you, man. I don't know more. It's, it's, it's a, it's a wild time to kind of look at my career and kind of see this 10 months of impact block being in there. But it was it was a blast because Honor No More was a bunch of people that I was real life friends with and inside of the ring, outside of the ring, we spent those ten months together. And uh, especially after every all the wild stuff that was going on, it was it was good to kind of make that next chapter of my of my career together with a bunch of people that I, I had been, you know, coming up with for, for years with. You were trained. You were trained by Bob Evans and Spike Dudley. Um, can you tell yeah. us the impact they had on your career? I mean, Spike especially. You know, um, Spike was my first trainer and, and my major and my main trainer. And it, it was one of those things where I realized there was so much more to wrestling. You know, I knew Spike Dudley as this hardcore ECW guy. I grew up in the Northeast, so I'd seen ECW. I'd gone and watched the show so I, I when I first went in to train with Spike I'm thinking you know what am I getting myself into this guy's a hardcore legend for the most part and then I realized this guy knows so much about wrestling but he was so smart that he knew his niche in wrestling and how he was going to make it and make more money and to to kind of find his place and that he's not the biggest guy you know he's not the the Shawn Michaels of the group he's this, this small guy but he's got it all up here you know, and he, he made sure he used that to the fullest and he made a career out of wrestling was in every major company because of, because of his brain. So it really kind of blew me away the the first day that I met, met Spike Dudley and just realized like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm in a master's class right now. I'm, I'm jumping into the pool and uh, I'm in there with someone who's, who's a legit genius. Cause I even say like, go and watch Spike Dudley versus RVD. And it's, yeah. it's crazy because you think like, oh, RVD, but then you, you watch this and Spike's doing more RVD stuff than RVD is in the match. It's just, right. <laughs> he, he's just, he could adapt to everyone. So uh, it was really something special. And it was cool to, there's so many guys that came from under Spike that have done so many things. So there, there's times where we see each other or we see Spike and we kind of get to, you know, ask him like, hey, how, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? And uh, to, to kind of have that relationship with someone as accredited as Spike Dudley was really beneficial for me and, and Vincent and, and TK and, and Mike Bennett and all of us right from the right from the start. Oh, that's awesome. It definitely shows for sure. Like it can, you can like, just watching your matches and just going back and watching some of his, it really shows how that psychology transferred over into your career yeah. as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, he's a thinking man's 
wrestler and he he definitely did his his uh, fair share of crazy stuff but at the same time he knew he knew when to do it how to do it why to do it and uh something that uh, still that to this day I, I used a lot of lessons that spike taught me in that first couple of years awesome. yeah um my question is uh well the kingdom is now in uh roh aw i guess you'd say um adam cole was in aw as well uh of course his uh status is uh not known right now with his injury um could you see a reunion with adam cole in the kingdom in an aw well aw ring of honor type deal i mean i i you know wrestling you got to say never say say never because you know mike came back five years and we re-reunited there but my my big thing when it comes to Adam and and just kind of the whole situation is that he needs to take his time and just kind yeah. of find out what the future holds for him in general and when it's time to come back. You know, TK Orion was a guy that uh, was in the kingdom as well, dealt with some concussions, decided that that's probably probably going to be it. Like he just didn't, you know, didn't want to take the risk anymore and I completely understand that and that's, something that he had uh, to make that decision and and you know adam is is still recovering and is gonna have to kind of i personally am always wanting to say take your time you know i've been there with a bunch of different injuries and um i can tell you this much it, if you rush it you'll end up right back to where you were in the first place so uh, i'm just hoping for everyone that's in that situation just to take their time and figure out what their future holds i know um I know you had a knee injury a little bit back. Um, what was something that kept you, um, like your head straight, positive, and saying, hey, I got to come back. I, I got to get back to the fans in the ring. Because um, something like that's got to be really tough to get through mentally and physically. So what was that, like your mindset to get you back to that point to say, hey, I got to be the best, the best wrestler I've ever been once the injury was uh, healed up and ready to go? I mean, for me, I'm always personally finding – things to motivate me you know things people say things when people question me it's like oh yeah i'm gonna show you elsewise but for for i think most wrestlers and the reason how we get in it in the first place is that we've seen others do the same exact thing you know i can't tell you the list of wrestlers i've seen come back from from injuries that are even way worse than the things that i've gone through and uh, you know even ones that i saw up close and personal tomaso champa was one that, you know, we were close friends, came up in New England. I was personally driving him to some of his rehab appointments every once in a while when he needed a ride. And it's just like I was watching him, like, fight and come back. And I was like, man, that's that's what a wrestler is. You know what I mean? It's coming back from all all this adversity. It's a hard gig as it is in the first place. And now it's like you get so far and this thing gets thrown on your plate. It's like, I, well, I can't stop now. I got to come back better than ever. And there's a lot of things that are, are kind of blessings in disguise when it comes to injuries as well, because wrestling's a lot about staying fresh and reinventing yourself and not finding always something that, that's appealing to people. And um, I think a lot of my injuries gave me time to really kind of think about what I wanted to do when I came back, change up anything that I was looking to change, and, and really kind of, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So I would leave for a little bit, people would miss me here and come right back so it's uh you, you always got to find the the silver lining for stuff like major injuries like that 
Um, it definitely was tough. And there was definitely plenty of times where I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, what, how am I going to go on? But, uh, you know, it's, you, you throw in that giant knee brace and you, you keep it moving. So for, for me, it was just kind of another uh, badge of honor of, of being a professional wrestler. Well, I appreciate it because you guys, especially during the pandemic, you know, really, really was, well, not just my escape, but I know many fans escape from everything. And then just giving us entertainment, you know, and just memories just week after week, especially with a lot of your matches. I'm always blown away by your stuff in the ring. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you again for everything you do in the ring. No, no, I appreciate it. And strangely, like the, the pandemic worked out for me because I was able to get I was rehabbing my ankle surgery and I was like, well, if we're going to have time off, I'm going to get my knee cleaned up as well. So by the time I came back, I rehabbed two surgeries. So it was, uh, it, it worked. I, I took advantage Huge of that time. guys for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, can you take us back to the night you won the ROH television championship? Oof. Long time ago at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it was my very first night under contract with Ring of Honor. So there was a lot of pressure that I put on myself. I, I knew I was in there with a person who Ring of Honor had looked at as the future. You know, Adam Cole, everyone knew that they were on to something with him. He's uh, just one of those guys that as soon as you, you met him, you knew he was going to be a big star. So Ring of Honor was going to move forward with him and and. Here I find myself the first night I'm under any sort of contract for Ring of Honor and in the ring with, with what I know their future major star is going to be. So I had a lot of pressure on myself. And uh, also, you know, I know how Ring of Honor fans can be. And when a guy who comes in brand new wins a television championship right off the bat, I knew the reaction was going to be like, oh, uh, he's not one of our guys. Uh, so, like, you know, I had a lot of, pressure on myself to really kind of feed into that um but i look back on on that time with with great fondness like it's one of those things i wish i could know what i know now and do it all over again because uh my time with truth martini and the the ring one television championship reign uh was was great but like now i watch it and there's so many things i know like i could make better and uh, I think that's, you know, that's life. Everyone will watch back their stuff and be like, oh, I wish I could have that one back. But especially yeah. it being my first thing in Ring of Honor, I look at it like, oh, I, I wish I could have that one back. But at the same time, man, what a night. Chicago was always a great crowd for us. So uh, it, it was it, it was nice to kind of start off with such a bang and then um, upset people right off the bat. Everyone get mad at me right off, off Jump Street. <laughs> automatic heel heat man that's that's not to say that's what you need at least you're getting some reaction and then you win them <laughs> over in the end hey you know we're we're wrestling there to to make people cheer and make people boo and trust me i have no problem doing uh the role that makes people boo <laughs> uh i'm gonna go to some of the comments uh we are live on youtube and twitch right now uh ethan uh, how was your match against Wardlow in AEW? I mean, I beat the hell out of him. He's nothing, you know, no big deal at all. Uh, <laughs> it was it, it was great. I mean, it was another experience where I find myself thrown in the in the water again in the deep end of the pool. 
uh, first night under contract with AEW, first match with AEW, main event in a place that, uh, you know, isn't far from home. I grew up in New England and uh, Mohegan Sun being there in Connecticut. It was like a lot of familiar faces in the crowd that night. So it's uh, just another place where it's like, let's see if I can if I can get past all this pressure and, and make it happen one more time. I mean, the result is going to be different next time me and Wardlow get in the ring, I'll tell you that much. But uh, overall, uh, you know, being a kid that grew up in New England and showing up in AEW and main eventing my first night there in Mohegan Sun, I would say it's a, that's a win overall in the career of Matt Taven. Mm. Definitely one of the top team. matches for me this year. Matt Taven and, and Helico. That'd be an interesting match. I, I would love to wrestle in Helico. I've, I've never, we've never wrestled. Uh, we both have done a lot of stuff in Mexico, really made our names for ourselves in Mexico, but him with AAA, me with CMLL, you know, two rival companies. So we've never crossed paths, but uh, hopefully we can make it happen in, in AEW because I'm a huge fan of him, huge fan. I think he's one of those guys that's super underrated. And uh, I think that the two of us in the ring together could uh, make some magic. Um, Angel, uh, please say hi to me. Hi. How are you? There's my fiance. Uh, <laughs> Mike Dudley. Um, hi, everyone. Hey, Mike. Um, what's your favorite match you have done? My favorite match, I would say, is uh, me and Jay Lethal doing the hour match in Vegas. Um, you know, everyone would want thinks I'm going to say Madison Square Garden, but to me, that never happens without the match that happens with me and Jay Lethal in in Vegas, and it, it was definitely a Matt Taven has moved himself into the heavyweight championship position. Let's see if he can hang with the absolute top guy for an hour. And it was a trial by fire. And it was one of those things where if, if that match is terrible, there is no way I sniff Madison Square Garden. No way. <laughs> or if I do get there, I lose. Like, it's it's not going to have the same result that ended up happening. But um, Jay Lethal's one of the best people, if not the best person I've ever been in the ring with. And to be able to go back and watch that match and say for a solid hour, we had that crowd on the edge of their seat and not for a second did they ever kind of get quiet or get stale or kind of, you know, get bored with anything going on in the ring. It was just uh, a, an hour of, of a wrestling fans having pure enjoyment. And that's, that's all you could ask for. So I want to just uh, kind of piggyback off that um, your statement there. Um, how do you prep for a match of like of sixty minutes or longer? Like how do you like the mindset? Like do you have to like do extra cardio? Like how do you like keep going for that hour? Because I feel like after ten minutes of the treadmill, I'm dead. Oh, it's it's funny because the first time, or when I heard that that was going to happen, I was doing cardio. And I kind of just sat there and added 30 minutes immediately. It was like, oh, no, here we go. So it was definitely upping my cardio. And at the same time, I'd make a routine of just watching Jay Lethal matches while I did cardio until I was dead, you know. And I would sit there and just watch it over and over again. But it is, it's even on the flight out there, I remember thinking, like, how am how are we going to get through an hour? And uh, funny enough, I remember there was a point in the match early on where I'm thinking to myself, like, ah, we must be 15 minutes in, you know, we're, we're doing good, maybe 20 minutes in, maybe we're doing great, maybe. 
and I looked at referee Todd Sinclair and was like, what time? And he's like, seven minutes. And I was like, oh, no, I'm screwed. Oh, no. We're never going to make it. But, um, no, it was it, it, when you're in there with someone that good, your time kind of flies by. And uh, he is a huge part of my career, whether it was when we feuded for the television title or for the world title, and uh, always brought out the best in me. So by the time, you know, that 50-minute mark had hit, I was there's a thing called a runner's high when people run for so long that they just kind of hit their stride and they feel like they can go forever. We could have wrestled another hour at that point. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so AEW two hour match. I'm, I'm not dying. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's that same crowd and that same energy that was going on that match, we, we could have done it. No problem. You know, someone's going to try to do it, and now it's going to be like a dead crowd where I'm like, all right, I can't go on. <laughs> Just do it down here in Texas. You'll be fine. Uh, Courtney, Jean, Courtney is here at the party. Oh, how, as, we need to find out how many claws deep is Courtney Jean. <laughs> uh, Everyone knows her go to is white claws. <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask, um, have you ever been pranked, and and uh, have you ever pulled any pranks? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, there's always you you, you always uh, have these light little pranks that kind of make the monotonousy or you, people stress out so much because it's such a like a land go 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 go, and so like you're you're just kind of like moving at all times, and you get in these little like. All right, I do this and that, and then when someone throws you off your game plan, it gets you all flustered, and then everyone loves to laugh at that. So I remember one time in particular, um, someone hiding the old walking stick that I used to come out with after uh, knee surgery, and it was like my entrance, and I remember being like, all right, I know someone's hiding it, and it's a good joke. (laughs) But we are, my music's about to play right now. I need that now. And, uh, you know, I'm like, no one's, everyone clearly on their face knows where it is. And I'm the only one not doing a joke. I'm like, all right, guys. And they're like, I don't know. Maybe you should just go to your match. Go to your, and someone hit it like right by the entrance. And I was like, oh, good one. Good one. I'm going to, I'm going to kill everyone when I get back. That's funny, though. But it's always little stuff like that. It's always never anything malicious. It's, it's just stuff to kind of break up the monotony of stress out. Here's the hotel. Here's the venue. Stress out some more. Yes. <laughs> uh, I guess my next question, uh, no, I guess it's about the end, like this year, uh, last year, ROH final battle. Uh, There's rumors of ROH possibly folding, um, and then you know what happens. Well, kind of. Uh, you know, after final battle, uh, what was your initial thoughts of like before you got the input? Like, you know, uh, how do I say it? Uh, well, I'll tell you this much: my initial thoughts about what was going to happen after final battle was. I had no thoughts. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was hoping for the best. And all of us, it's it's a strange thing when, you know, one person kind of is either released from their contract or their contract expires or 
whatever the case may be, they find themselves out in the free world. And uh, it always kind of, you watch it from afar and you're like, oh, well, I hope for the best of that person. It's a totally different story when 60 people are all of a sudden just kind of thrown out on the wild, all trying to see what happens next. And like I said, luckily, Impact's really reached out to us very quickly, and I didn't have to stress that much longer. But I knew going into Final Battle that if that was the last time I ever stepped in an ROH ring, that I wanted to make sure that us and the Briscoes had a match that uh, people remembered. And I think that I just recently watched it again because us and the Briscoes are uh, at Russell Cade this, this weekend, tomorrow night. And so I, I watched it back again, and, and there's there's not many matches in ROH that I'm more proud of. And so I think that that's, for the Sinclair error, that's the exclamation point I want to remember uh, for that period of ROH. Awesome. So um, I know a lot of wrestlers, they take inspiration from video game, TV shows, really anything in general about their rain gear. Is there a specific ring gear that you love that you that you got inspired from either by a video game or a movie? Oh, that's a great question. There's a, so I, I love ring gear and I've had like the opportunity to sit down with some of my idols. You know, I've locked out and found myself in a car with for four hours with Bret Hart and I was asking him all this intricate stuff about his ring what? gear. I was like, oh, why'd you do this design for this? And, it, you know, it's always really um fun to pick people's brains for that i i find myself personally i can define portions of my career from the gear that i'm wearing at that time and you know like a like a chris jericho like you can think of oh when he's wearing this it's that time of his career when he's wearing that i always kind of wanted to have the same feeling so there's there's times where certain parts of of my gear it's like well i'll take the sides you know side of my gear and, and make it almost like a a Bret Hart or a Shawn Michaels or something, but then I, I want to do the rest something different so someone doesn't think I'm just, you know, ripping off this thing. Or I remember certain T-shirt designs growing up and being like, oh, that it's really cool to do it off-centered like this or that. And that's always something that guys like, you know, Vincent has always helped me with. He's got a great eye for for stuff like that, and we've always bounced ideas off one another. But um, you know, for me personally, I. I wear purple because it's a it's a tribute to to my uncle who passed away from pancreatic cancer, and uh, as long as it's purple, I'm kind of open to the design. And uh, you know, I'll I'll take any ideas that I see in the wild or I've I've seen throughout history of wrestling and kind of take little pieces of it and make it my own. Wow, that's 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 amazing. I I, I never knew that. Well, I I love the color and just to know that even more, it's. Uh, that's awesome, man. I'm glad that you're doing something great for one of your family members that passed on. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to this question. Uh, Courtney Jean, uh, questions. <laughs> one, can you please say hi to Courtney Jean in the Queendom? Two, when can we expect you in AEW again? Uh, hopefully soon. I mean, you know, hi, first off, hi, Courtney. Hi, Kingdom, Queendom. <laughs> uh, and, and that crew right there, the the Queendom, the Honor Club girls, the Honor No More girls, whatever they decided to call themselves, that portion of my career has always kind of been there and helped me through everything. And I'm unbelievably grateful for them. But 
you know, with that being said, it's been times when those people get the loudest that has helped my career. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're back on AEW soon. Uh, we definitely get thrown into things very quickly. So uh, it was, it's, uh, I'm sure things are kind of settling out, but I'm assuming with final battle around the corner, we'll be, we'll be finding ourselves on, on AEW sooner than later. Can't wait. Mm. Yeah. Um, let me see. Rocks. Uh, it's been almost eight weeks since you've seen me. I'm scared from one to ten. How much do you miss me? <laughs> eleven. You know what? Twelve. I'll add it. I like twelve better than eleven. Hi, Missy. How are you? I hope you're doing good. Other <laughs> uh, two more. Uh, Wheeler versus Matt Taven. I would love. To, I would love to do that. I've known Wheeler since he was a, a kid. You know, wow. first getting trained and like just. He's always been such a good human who loved wrestling and just wanted to be a part of it in any way possible. And you always root for people like that. So I'm a big fan of Wheeler. Uh, Mike, AEW is very faction heavy. You've already talked about Adam Cole potentially returning, but is there anyone else on that blood roster that would fit in with you, Mike and Maria? Um, you know, I know a, a guy named Dalton Castle who I've always been pretty close friends with. Mm. <laughs> that would be yes. awesome. That would be that would be great. Again, <laughs> fan I, I, by the voices you guys come out. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a fan of, of things that come from from reality, and you know, Dalton and, and myself have been as thick as thieves for since he got into Ring of Honor. So it's it's one of those things that it's it's those uh, things that like are extra bonuses about being an AEW because now I'm seeing all these people that I haven't seen in a while. That's awesome. Is there anybody in AEW that you are excited to work with or you want them to be front of the line to work with um, very soon? Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho has my title. He's always been an idol of mine. And, you know, he's dodging me. He's trying to wear purple now. He's got dodging me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's your time, man. You'll win it back. You'll beat Jericho. Yeah. Hey, you <laughs> know, championship means honor brought back to it. You know what I mean? If I'm writing this, that's how the story ends. <laughs> Taven Jericho. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask, did you play any sports before starting? Before you started wrestling? Oh, I mean, I played every sport growing up uh, as humanly possible. I'm a big basketball, football, baseball guy. But basketball, football was my my still prime sports, and and still to this day, I, I find that there's it's hard to recreate the cardio that you get in a wrestling ring. And I would say probably the closest thing to it is is playing basketball. So I I will find find a pickup game wherever I can to to get myself in ring shape. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Christy, hey Matt, it's Chris. Very important question: How's Griff? Oh, he's the best. That's my golden retriever. Um, it's it's the hardest part about being on the road is is leaving his. And he like sits today. He was sitting by the door when I left, breaking my heart. <laughs> but uh, and I'll see him in a couple of days. Uh, Mike, not wrestling question. Are you worried about the Wizards throwing your prestigious? Celtics Eastern Conference this year. No, I think the Celtics are playing fantastic. And we have guys on the injury list. And Time Lauren comes back healthy. Please, Wizards. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, is Matt's favorite band today Green Day? Tonight, Green Day. I, I'm, I feel like there's a joke there and because my favorite band isn't Green Day, so I'm wondering <laughs> what, what the, I'm trying to decode this joke. I don't get it. Ryan, I know who Ryan is. Ryan's a great dude. Ryan's the man, but I'm, I'm confused with Green Day. Uh, where's the greatest thing you've ever seen in Vinny's beard? <laughs> I'll tell you the worst food you'll ever see. And he'll get like an eggs Benedict or something, something oh, runny. Oh, no. And then it'll be like running in his, and you're just sitting there watching him clean it. And you know, it'll never get out of there. It's in there forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, I guess That's my next nasty. question is uh, you know, uh, Tony Khan uh, bought ROH later this year. Uh, so what is your thoughts on the new Ring of Honor under uh, Tony Khan? I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited that, first off, that it's not just fading off into the distance. And, you know, there's a guy who knows what to do with this unbelievable library that he has now. And there's so many things in there that I feel like don't get the credit that they deserve, especially the pandemic Ring of Honor, I think, was second to none. And now I think more people will be able to see it um, when Tony's able to get it out there. So I'm, I, I was pumped that uh, Tony ended up grabbing that because now that the, leg, the legacy of Ring of Honor will live on and uh, also it, it continues now with a whole new era. And it's, it's been crazy to see all these different eras of Ring of Honor. Um, and one day, wherever it ends up, you'll, someone I'm sure will be able to, to go through the whole streaming service and see it from the very beginning and enjoy it for, uh, for what it's become. What was that moment um, that got you into wrestling as a fan, as a wrestler? What was that one match, that one moment that's like, man, I got to keep watching. I got to get into this. Like, like what, was, what was the start of your journey? So I can remember this like it was yesterday. This is something that burned in my mind. I loved wrestling and wanted to be a wrestler since I was five, six years old. But I can remember exactly the moment that I got into wrestling. My uncle Joe was was staying with us, and he was a wrestling fan. I had no idea what wrestling was, and I had watched you know Saturday morning cartoons. And he made me go over and change a little dial on the uh, TV to whatever station it was. And the next thing I knew was like the Ultimate Warrior with the background of superstars, where like the lightning bolt hits behind him, and it's all the colors. And it was like to me as a kid at that point, it was like you know cartoons that I grew up watching had come to life and were real life people. And so, you know, I go from loving He-Man and the Ninja Turtles to seeing the Ultimate Warrior and the Macho Man. It's like, oh, my God, these are things that I, I was into, but now as real people. And I, I was hooked. I mean, my poor parents' furniture didn't stand a chance. I was jumping off everything and body slamming every pillow I could find. So uh, it's been a long, long journey uh, with wrestling and me. Man, that, like so during that time frame of just all those personalities in wrestling, like I could definitely see like the cartoon character that just that crazy over the top superhero. Like there was a lot of great wrestlers in that time frame. Um, was there any like specific wrestler like that was your favorite and that you like? Man, like this guy like is amazing. Like this guy like every week you wanted to see him win. Like who was that wrestler for you? Well, I think it's it goes through different phases, right? At the beginning, it was definitely, you know, the Ultimate War and the Macho Man were like my first two. But then I became a Bret Hart guy, like a 
die hard Bret Hart guy. And then you Bret and Sean, but you had to pick your side. So I always picked, yeah. you know, my first love Bret. Uh, and then as, as I got into, you know, my teenage years, it was the guys like Chris Jericho and Rob Van Dam that I really, really kind of always had to make sure I watched their matches. So it's, it's, it's a combination of a progression from, you know, the Macho Man all the way to, to RVD, Chris Jericho. And uh, there's different time periods of my fandom where I can look back and be like, oh, those are the years I was obsessed with this guy, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. Can you tell us your worst injury that you've had? Oh, uh, Final Battle 2015, um, the ECW Arena. We're defending the titles against War Machine, who are now uh, the Viking Raiders. And I came off the the ropes, the outside, and it's just the way my foot hit, hit like half oh, the outside no. mat, half the concrete. I blew on my ACL. Um, but the thing was, I kept wrestling. So then I ended up tearing my meniscus and my other meniscus. I tore both meniscus because I continued to wrestle. But um, oh, yeah, that was, it was quite the process to come back from that one. Oh, Seems like a lot of wrestlers are uh, <laughs> A lot of wrestlers have done that. Seth Rollins, he tore his ACL, MCL, and meniscus. And Logan Paul just did the same. Uh, Logan tore his ACL, MCL, and meniscus. <laughs> so, yeah. That seems yeah, like a cool. common. I mean, it's definitely a common thing, I think, now with the amount of athleticism that's in wrestling. And just, you know, it's, it's such a combination of all these different sports and your ACL tears and stuff like, and stuff like uh, the NFL. Um, so when you have the athleticism of the NBA, but the physicality of the NFL, you're going to have injuries like this. So it's kind of par for the course. A lot of guys have had it over the years, but um, thank God that we live in a day and age where they can rebuild you and uh, send you back out there. Definitely, man. Uh, Ryan Sullivan, Tim was a damn good pocket pool player. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. When you get to Wrestle Katie, who's the first person you're going to look for, and why is it Ross? Well, Ross is an employee at Impact uh, who was great to me the last couple of months that we were there at Impact, well, from the beginning of our time at Impact, so I was definitely going to look out for them. Impact has a a show tonight that I was hoping to get to, but uh, with these flight delays, I'm going to miss it, <laughs> but uh, oh, hopefully tomorrow I can I can run into a lot of people because it's it is you know having this long of a wrestling career you run through so many people at the same time you it's it's hard to stay in touch with everyone because everyone's moving and shaking so much that you kind of only get a time to catch up with them at at, at shows or conventions and and definitely stuff like this or WrestleCade where there's going to be so many people in the same place I'll be able to catch up with a lot of people. Um, and, you know, that Impact crew, even though it just recently came to an end, it's still, you know, that was the last 10 months of my life. So it, it feels like it's been a while since I've seen them. So it'll be nice to see all those guys and girls as well. Um, <laughs> don't know how to pronounce Olga. 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 <laughs> Hi, Olga. How are you? Uh, last, uh, but I, I am about to board my next flight, so uh, I, I probably know. will have to get it going soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, it was great having you on. Um, yeah, thank you guys, much appreciated. Thank you for, thank you for uh, taking your time out to do this podcast for us. 
uh, or uh, with us. Um, and definitely go check out uh, Matt Taven's uh, Pro, Pro, Pro Wrestling Tees merchandise. I'll definitely put that in the description below. Um, but yeah, like, it was very great having you on. Uh, we wanted to have one last guest on this podcast this year. And out of, and on my bucket list, you were on it, Matt Taven. Um, Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure, yeah. man. Like, you're such no, a good guy. You. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry that uh, you know we had to do this in between in between flights, but uh, we made it work. And uh, you know, let's do it again sometime. It was nice uh, chatting with everyone, and hopefully, uh, I'll see you guys at some light of a live event sooner than later. Of course, that'd be great. Can't wait, man. Hey, be safe tonight, man. Have a safe flight, and uh, thanks for having. Me. Yeah, we'll do, guys. It. Talk to everyone later. Peace.